Welcome everyone to Ugly Girls Club. I am your host, Aniko, and thank you so much for joining me in this journey of podcasting and just discussing some issues that face women and particularly a black woman across the world. I would like to thank Carol for being part of last week's episode where we spoke about representation and what representation means as a practitioner in media. So I'd like to thank you, Carol, so much. And if you haven't listened to the episode, um, go right ahead and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I was thinking about colorism. Well, it actually came up with skin bleach, you know, skin bleaching, skin bleaching. Why are people skin bleaching? And what's the cause of this skin bleaching? And then of course you think about, okay, the history behind it. You think about colonialism, terms like white is right, whiter the brighter, lighter, prettier. Um, and then you think about colorism and how that's a seed of colonialism. And then how skin bleaching has become such a pandemic and a seed really of colorism myself as well have i have had an experience where i thought that i needed to bleach my skin and i was six years old i was six years old i was like to my mom i want to be like everyone else in my class oh at that time were predominantly white um, and of course, they were always favored. The black kids were always in trouble. Like, um, for her, she she was really stressed out. Of course, my daughter wants to be like a white person. <laughs> she was extremely stressed. Um, and to think about it, because she was like, no, you can't bleach your skin. Because I was like, when I'm older, I'm gonna bleach my skin, make myself more even tone, because I've got a birthmark on my face. For some of you who don't know me, I have a birthmark on my face, on my leg. Like, I was just like, I'm uneven, I'm like black. Who wants to do that? And then, I don't know, at some point I was like, even Michael Jackson did it. So, why can't I do it? So, you know, we've all, I think, had an experience of. Um, how colorism affects us and in different ways and different forms and I thought it would be really great to have this chat. Um, I'll be speaking to Olebu Motuatua. She's a journalist. She's really amazing and we're doing another Skype interview so the sound might be a little bit off but do bear with us. Okay. So in today's episode we have Olebu. Hi Olebu. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Tired, but good. How are you keeping during this time of the global pandemic and lockdown? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a very destabilizing time. Um, I'm struggling. Um, being someone who draws the energies from interacting with other people, this is definitely a trying time. And also being someone who does have mental health issues, it is rough. But um, I'm just, you know, trying to find you know, a, a, a reinvent a way of living in this new reality. So it's challenging in, in, in many bad ways, but there's some parts of it that's good as well. Yes, I think it's it's either forcing you to slow down, take mm -hmm. some inventory um, or create basically. Absolutely. So I think for us, I think it's like a really nice time to just 
do all of those projects that you wanted to do mm. um, before. But I know I'm also getting some cabin cabin fever. Of course. Um, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But yeah. people must stay at home, please. Absolutely. Yes. You need to stay at home. <laughs> we need to flatten the curve. And we just need to stay at home, use this time to rest because I mean, projects will always be projects. I think people shouldn't put pressure on themselves to be productive because this is, we're going through a collective trauma. Yes. So there will be those who are able to, to, to use this time to work on projects, but there are those also who are kind of paralyzed by the uncertainty and the angst. So yeah, but Uktalaya yes. stay at home. <laughs> yes, stay at home. Yes. Yeah. So. We're gonna go right into the topic. Okay. Um, well, actually, before we go into the topic, um, would you tell our listeners who is Zulebu? Would you introduce yourself? Who are you? Mm. Where do your talents lie? Yeah. Your passions? What you like to do on a daily? Yeah. So, you know, people call me Lebu. It's actually derived from Kilebo Khile. That's my full name. And I'm, I'm, you know, a lot more people are calling me by that name now, Kilebo Khile. I am a writer. Um, so, you know, I have my nine to five job where I work as a senior copywriter and content strategist. But outside of that, I'm, I'm a, a columnist. Um, I have a column with a magazine called The New African. And um, yeah, I've been published in the Mail and Guardian once, <laughs> you know. So um, yeah, writing is my favorite thing to do. That's where my passion. That's where my passion lies. And um, but the, in terms of the things that I write, I'm more of a creative nonfiction writer, and so I lean more towards um, nonfiction writing. So it's whether it's academic or opinion pieces. Or like social political commentary. That's what I'm. I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about mental health awareness. I'm passionate about personhood. So, um, you know, this topic that we are speaking about is something that I've I've thought about for a very long time, and it's actually something that I enjoy talking about. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. Oh, that's great. That's great. So that means it's dive right into it so as i said earlier on uh we're going to be speaking about colorism the seeds of colonialism Mm -hmm. um so one of the seeds we're going to be talking about is colorism um going into how our skin is used as weapons um and then obviously there has to be a cosmetic uh sense to this Mm -hmm. um side to this which would be the skin bleaching yeah. So my first question to you, Leo, is to an average person, if mm-hmm. you could describe what colonialism is, what that mm-hmm. means to you, what that means um, in a global African sense. Yeah. When I think of colonialism, I obviously think of Europe, right? And how, you know, they, they came, you know, they said, first of all, I think it was in was it 1824 you know when the berlin conference happened i might get the year wrong but where they decided to divide um the continent and they would take certain parts and where the colonialism comes in is when they come and they say our way of living is the way of living and so you're going to do it and we're going to um make you do it violently and um, it's about, you know, being taught ways of living, ways of being and ways of seeing that are anti 
our ways of being our and our ways um of of seeing yeah yes yeah so how would um colorism be a seed of colonialism so it being a seed of colonialism is that if i if i if you know if as as a colonizer if i come into the space and i say to you that um there is something wrong with the way that you are the way that you are is inferior right and mm-hmm. everything that i do to you demonstrates that inferiority and i do that over like 500 years there comes a point in time where you start to see yourself through the eyes of that um kind of like abused right of that identity abuse yes. and you internalize it you internalize it and then then you kind of perform it um and for me that's what colorism is colorism is a performance of this internalized um kind of you know colonialism or racism and so i think that's how colorism is the seed of 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 colonialism because if i've been told that there's something wrong with you because you are dark anything that is dark will be deemed inferior so the closer you are to whiteness you know the higher um your status will be or will be perceived yes like the better yeah. you are because the lighter your skin is um, and i just want to say I, i i want us to sort of define these terms slowly yeah. and have a mini conversation about them um before we keep going so people understand the history behind some of these issues that we have in the current day right now mm. And my next question is it's it's split in two parts. Yeah. So the first part is how does colorism affect the community as black people, women, mm. um versus white supremacy? That's the first part of the question and then I'll ask yeah. you the second part once you've answered the first part. Yes. Okay. So I think colorism when it comes to women, right? The way that it affects us, it divides us. um vibes mm-hmm. us so you'll have the dark skin girls and the white skin girls and you know white skin girls having the sense whether they communicated directly and explicitly or not but it's kind of there because they have that privilege right that they yes. are better because they're fairer they are they are of fairer skin and then there be a lot of dark skinned girls you know maybe not so much women because as you grow you become conscientized and you you start to see that there's a problem but if there's little girls you know they start to feel like actually it affects their self esteem right so colorism mm-hmm. affects our self esteem affects the way that we view ourselves in relation to to girls with fair skin you know and then um and it divides us as well and then you were also saying about white supremacy yes and juxtaposition to that as well um how does that affects affect us interestingly enough what it does is that it perpetuates white supremacy genesis it keeps it going without mm-hmm. white people being there genesis yes. saying it keeps it going colorism keeps white supremacy going and white people don't even need to do anything about it and um no. you know and and that's the the scary 
thing and it makes you realize i think color is colorism makes you realize that the the the, the intense impact that um white supremacy you know racism and, and things of that nature have had on the on our collective psyche as black people and as as black women um more so mm-hmm. yeah and if you think about um our media um mainstream media that we consume on a daily basis or which is fed to us um how do they play into colorism as well mm. oh oh my goodness again they 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 keep it going by i mean when it comes to representation and obviously like now in 2020 and maybe over the past i don't know how many years i haven't really looked at the research we've seen a change in representation but yeah but for the most part what mainstream media has done is um perpetuated colorism in that um adverts or or movies or like who like when you look at some movies who is the 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 who plays the main role you know with when, when when it's a woman you know the it'll be the fairer skinned girl who plays the main role um yes who will be like the the main video vixen you know a fairer skinned woman um yeah adverts you know when when uh with a you know facial wash cream uh, well that stuff is advertised it's the you know fair-skinned woman that's at the center of that of that advert so it plays a role in that and i think you know i watched the color purple um i think it came out yeah before last i think mm-hmm. and the, the the south african production i was very disappointed that you know and i don't know i haven't read the book so i don't know how alice walker who apparently like interestingly enough is is, is believed to have coined the term colorism yes yeah but i i don't know how she depicts um the main character seely in the book but i know that in the movie adaptation of the book seely is dark in complexion but yes. when i watched the color purple the south african production the girl who played um the who played seely was actually like then and um i was i felt very uncomfortable about that so you have things like that man where mm. um you know it's the light skin girl who's who's she's playing the main role and if a little a little black girl is looking at that she can't imagine herself to be the center stage because of her dark yes, skin being the leader of yes being the leader um yeah they were i don't know if you watched um dear white people on netflix Um I haven't seen it in the longest time. I know I must actually check out the series. What you just said, um the main character, the she's a light-skinned mixed-race girl yeah. and her best friend who's a quote-unquote psychic is the the darker-skinned dark girl. Skin. And that's the thing where it's like the dark girl, the dark-skinned girl always plays the sidekick, you know, or the or the hype man. Yes, yes, they cool. they are never in in leading position. Yeah. Since we're talking about media mm. um and representation, mm. who do you think has the onus um to be having these conversations? Because sometimes people say no, I mean, it's a black issue, so black people should speak about it amongst themselves mm. or is it a a collective conversation because everyone 
in each other's you yeah, know i think that it is a look if colorism has a has an um is a, is a black issue right then we should be talking about it and we should be we should be talking to about it amongst ourselves but also if 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 media is controlled by white people we need to we can then challenge them and then they need to have a conversation amongst themselves right but it is not my if i'm if i'm saying if i'm trying to have a conversation about colorism and a white person comes up to me and doesn't understand it and is kind of criticizing me it's the, i'm not going to take on the labor of breaking it down for you because you're not part of you're not black so you won't understand it um so i think that that it's it, it depends on the context right like i think it's great that you and i as two black women are having this conversation it's important i think that a white person would not belong in this conversation uh but if i am you know trying to put on a movie or whatever and and, and i'm trying to work with a white production company and they're trying to change the you know the person that I've decided to play the main role then I can break it down to them and say oh then I can actually be like no you know they deserve to be seen but for the most part I do think that because colorism is a black issue it happens among black people we need to have the conversation among ourselves yes um and then when you think about south african media um Do you think there is enough representation across the board or are we also falling into the trap of um following the stereotypes of colorism? You know what? I think that we're also falling into the trap. We're also falling into the trap. I mean, and and sometimes i think we're so used to it and we've become so desensitized that like we seldom really really talk about it but we're falling into the trap i mean i i mean you know politics everywhere you know um the point is like you just think of actresses that we know a lot of or that we see a lot of in adverts because of their acting they face skinned and um you know Yeah, it's we're also falling into the trap actually as Africans and I mean it's reflected in there's this um I mean we even have our celebrities so I know we're going to get to that part of the conversation but I'll have celebrities who are making their skin you know and also cast yeah casting so we'll get there yeah 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 so I do think that we are falling um falling into the trap since you spoke about um colorism divides us um as mm. people as women um mm. how does uh our skin tone being used as weapon play into that as well it's like it's used like first of all it's you like men i i just think of of men right and how they men use us as as props right and as props and were devalued and were pitted against each other for the entertainment of men and i think that colorism plays a major role in that especially when you look at problematic terms such as yellow bone you know and um or you know like yeah 
you know, when there's a maybe a men are planning a gathering of sorts and it's like, yeah, bring the booze and bring the yellow bones, like Aribati, you know, those dark skin. And it just turns us into things that um, aren't human. So, um, yeah, women are pitted against each other in that regard when it, when it, when it comes to men. And, and that's how it divides us. And I think what's so, you know, tragic about how colorism divides us is that when we're living in an already, in a society that's already divided and as, as black women, we need to kind of like come together to, to, for our fight against, you know, various systems. But it's difficult for us to come together as a united front if just among us there's this division of, you know, light-skinned and dark-skinned, you know, women. Like, so now it's a thing of like, whereas there's, there's so many issues that we face as women, um, but before we can even get there, we have to deal with the colorism thing, which is a burden on its own. I mean, it's tragic things like if you notice how when um cases of women who have been raped and brutally murdered it's always the light-skinned ones whose pictures are peppered all over social media and yeah but you know that different types of of skin-toned women are being abused and murdered all the time every day yes i I remember when um the first big case when the the girl who passed away because of her boy due to her boyfriend Carabo, I think her name was Carabo, something like that. Yes, yes. Yeah. I mean that that made waves, like that yeah. blew up. Because at first it was um, she's missing, she's missing, she's missing, and then it became a conversation. I think a lot of people became scared, I mean more worried because they were like, oh my gosh, it's someone who looks like me or someone I wouldn't expect yeah. to be getting stolen, yeah. you know? Yes. You know what I'm saying? People like, hey, but like such a beautiful girl. How could this happen to her? And I'm like, what do you mean? It's, it's, uh, it's the weirdest thing. And I don't know if I should, you know, add this to the, to the conversation, but there's this thing that psychologists, and I think it's American psychologists, they call it the... I think attractiveness halo where it basically says that if you are you know attractive and in this conversation if you have light skinned then you must be popular and you must have more worth you must be more smart you must be more all these things and that's exactly what is going on here you know so because you are light skinned and therefore beautiful how can this tragedy happened to you you know you kind of like should be saved tragedy should only happen to ugly people and just shows the it's it's asinine it's it's so asinine that that kind of stuff happens Mm, and i find it very interesting like in the age of access um that some of these things are still happening on a constant daily basis in small groups and and bigger um, aggressions as well. Yeah, it really um, startles me. Yeah, a lot of yeah, <laughs> and it's, and I think it's also about like because we need these conversations to happen a lot more, right? These conversations about what colorism is because if we can acknowledge it, 
then it, we can start to challenge it. And people, and it's going to take a long time for people, for, for, for black South African women, it's going to take a long time for us to unlearn. And I know people hate that word. They feel like it's always used, but it's the truth. We need to unlearn certain things. But these conversations aren't happening, unfortunately, where they should be happening. These conversations happen here between two very smart black girls, inaccessible. You know, will, will a woman like Angazetimbisa access this conversation? Do you know what I'm saying? And so these conversations happen amongst us black privileged intellectuals and we just go back and forth, back and forth almost for our own entertainment or as a form of like some kind of intellectual masturbation when they should be happening, you know, in communities where the sale of certain products is very very like you know like it's booming so it's about you know besides the fact that these conversations should be happening they should be happening in certain contexts and the challenge is how do we take them there without seeming as though we're making ourselves better and without the taking away that people should think it's challenging to you when was the first time you heard about skin bleaching like ever in your life my goodness i must have been um i must have been oh yo i'm trying to think maybe 14 or something like that and um, and then it wasn't not 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 skin bleaching as as we're talking about it like now where does it but this this idea of being lighter skinned I mean there's this product that my mom had and I started using it because it, it she said it'll make your skin a bit lighter and I wanted to be lighter because for for a while I was called Miyamani which means dark, little dark or blacky the dark one exactly abused it because i had issues with my own skin tone i i wanted to be lighter because i thought it would make boys like me and i thought it would make me more popular and have more friends so it was then i'm pretty sure like 17 years ago and then um years later you know i don't know if i'm allowed to say a product's name but then products such as gentle magic you know started popping up and people started using it so i was in my in my in my early teens when i started finding out about about skin bleaching um yeah yes i was having a conversation earlier on with some of my friends and i was um because you're trying to decide the name of the episode yeah and i was saying to them growing up i mean all the time um in this class it's all the time (laughs) all the time you just hear this person this person's doing this, this person's doing that. So this has been around amongst our people for uh, a very, 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 very long time. It has. It really, really has. I mean, yo, I mean, I don't even, it's, it's just been, yeah, it's been a long time that it's been around. Um. I'm just going to read some stats, you know, sound a little bit smart here. <laughs> so who did um did a a study about uh, people in Africa who were using skin bleach products. Um, And this was in 2011. So I'm just guessing it's probably gone up um, by a lot by now. Um, Then it said 40% of Africans were using these products. Um, And within this 40%, 77%, were Nigerian, 59 from Tongo, Togo, sorry, 
um, South Africa was third at 35%. I, I was really shocked. I was actually very shocked. South Africa was third at 35%. Senegal at 27% and Mali at 25%. Are you shocked at these numbers or are you... Does this sound sound? Yeah, it sounds sad. I'm not shocked at all. And you said this was from 2011. Yes. Nigeria is still at the top, even like today. Mm-hmm. Nigeria is still at the top of, um, in terms of the utilization of, of skin bleaching products, they're still at the yeah. top. And I mean, even Black China went to Nigeria to launch her own product, her own skin called White Tenacious, even. I mean, girl, at least change the name. Must you make it so obvious what it is that we're trying to do? Um, yeah, that's the way that it, that's the way that it is, and I'm also not surprised that South Africa also ranks high there. I mean, like you know, we are the umnyamane comes from as the term that we have here, so I'm not even um, surprised that you know we would still rank high. I'm really really not surprised, um, and I mean with South, South Africa and our history of racism. Mm. Of course, mm. I was about to ask, like, what thing. does apartheid play? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a thing of like, if as a black person you were oppressed because of the color of your skin, and I mean, obviously, the, the system kind of like your from you know, we had the group areas act, we had budget education, and so many things were put in place to kind of say to us, there's something wrong with your blackness, you know. But even when they did the hair test and the, you know, the pencil in your hair, and if it falls out, you're this, you're that, of course, we would, we would internalize it um, to such an extent that, you know, um, fairer skinned women would be preferred over darker skinned women. And um, oh, it's just such a tragic thing to think about that, um, you know, it's gone that, that it's that bad. I mean, the fact that we, we call light-skinned people yellow bone and that it's a, it's a compliment and not realizing, yeah, not realizing, do you know what I'm saying? Not realizing how problematic that term is. Do we know the, the history of that term? Um, you know, calling someone yellow at a bone, like a whole being, um, and also, then again, even with yellow bone, the things that people associate with yellow bones as well, like, oh, they're not smart, or they like to pop bottles, or they slay queens. Again, you know, we'll be, and, and a lot of the time, it's men who use these to, to, to say, kind of like, to vilify um, women, right? And it, you see that weaponization of our skin tone. Have you seen some of the the adverts from back in the day uh, with the skin bleach products? In I don't know when you were in your early days when you were introduced to skin bleach products. What what types of messaging were around the products you were using? So I don't re- remember the, the type of messaging, but I know that like being light skinned was associated with first like first and foremost finding love, right? Mm-hmm. It was about being attractive to men. And um, and also just about like the whole association of light skin with a better quality of life, you know, 
better quality of life meaning maybe more um opportunities like maybe more economic opportunities um yeah so i just remember that that was the the sentiment around light skinned and purchasing certain products did you know at the time that these products were illegal because a lot of them are illegal but are um easily available like you said with black china's um line you can even buy it online mm-hmm. amazon is also selling some bleach um products you can also buy some here in south africa mm-hmm. um did you know it was illegal and what do you think about the even though it is illegal why is there so much access to it well at the time i didn't know that it was illegal cuz i was young and there was ago but um, i know that like you know in rwanda like they've banned them and there are other countries that have banned them i just don't know what those countries are uh in most countries they actually banned yeah. um cuz i mean skin bleaching is not just a black um problem mm-hmm. um i'm just using it for the purpose yeah. of this even in india but i guess and people people are still distributing them you know like underground or in the black market or whatever and i think that's why people you know a lot of people who are out to make money really exploit um people's desperation for whatever feeling we get from a woman gets from using these these products whether it's feeling better about yourself like it's always deep it's always like within a social anthropological or social like like context right so you know in so far as the context is so social anthropological there will always be people to buy it you know, for as long as you know beauty and success and all those things are associated with light skin people will, will go and they will find them um it's actually quite actually saddens me really mm-hmm. um yeah. and do you think um public figures um that we have in tv in advertising different pockets do you think they play a role also um in the need for lightness and i'm speaking of those who are actively seeking it mm. of course like they make it worse you know because obviously someone's going to be like okay so kanye bow is bleaching her skin and home girl has got money therefore yes. i need to do the same yeah so they definitely aren't um they're not um helping with the problem and i know i think i think her name is chomi i think she did the same as well uh so mm-hmm. you know a lot of people will then associate success and lots of money with with, with that um I think that look every at the end of the day every single human being has agency so you can do whatever the hell you want but if you are in the limelight as a public figure especially where little girls are looking up to you you have a responsibility you can easily be like look I choose to bleach my skin but I can tell you now that I worked hard to be where I'm at my skin the tone of my skin as as you know is you know like even though like people probably choose it for me because of it but you know it's going to be better find a way to give a more empowering message a better message that does 
that doesn't make little girls feel like especially dark skinned girls feel you know bad about themselves so i think that you know people who are in who have a, who are in a who occupy a position of influence um need to be responsible man i mean the the the, the consequences of that are far reaching we i know i mean like you said people have agency and they can do what they want to do but i also like you said i feel um you should understand where you are in and who you are in terms of influence exactly um to in juxtaposition towards other people exactly my second last question do you think we need like a, a renaissance a, a resurrection of the black consciousness um movement to sort of curb or bring back a sense of pride of all types of black people we need to heal you know what i'm saying we need to heal we need i don't even know how to articulate this because i haven't really also thought about it clearly but we need to undo what has been what has been done you know what it looks like i'm not 100% clear but a conversation like this needs to always happen and um it, it's frustrating to always be that person who says oh actually that's problematic actually that's problematic but if one has an in the energy and the emotional fortitude to do that we must do it you know to say to someone actually you saying oh that that girl is beautiful for a dark skin girl is very problematic why can't you just say you're beautiful mostly and that's it you know or also sometimes let we need to also like um you know keep on interrogating certain phenomena you know that's that's what we can do now like yes we can certainly be like you know remember the words of Biko when he said a b and c but that and i'm not saying that that kind like his his that discourse is not relevant right now because it is it is timeless but what is the discourse for right now and the things that we are facing right now you know uh, so we need to interrogate things and i was thinking about something else now I, i mean we also need to interrogate the fact that like well my view anyways and it i stand to be challenged but when when a lot of the time when someone tells a dark skinned person that they're beautiful and when they tell a dark skin, a light skinned woman that they're beautiful it's not the same sometimes because what i find with 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 dark skinned women when we say oh you're beautiful it's like oh wow what a shock like how are you so dark and beautiful or it's a form of like of, of fetishism you know what i'm saying? Oh, exactly we're exoticizing this like dark skin girl but when you tell a, a, a light skin girl that they're beautiful it's like because you are light you are you beautiful like it's almost like do you know what i mean and so we interrogate them also especially because it always always ever always only applies to to women because with guys guys are allowed to be dark and don't nobody say nothing Whether they're light or dark like guys can be attractive you know you know across the board so i think that you know the we need to be interrogating these things and and not be afraid to be challenged and not be afraid to learn you know and you know and not and not just accept the status quo but having said that i do acknowledge the fact that that is exhausting you know that is 
exhausting to be always like oh this is problematic this is problematic when there's so much already that um is being problematized like like white privilege or male privilege or heterosexual privilege you know there's so much that is that is already going on that it can be very exhausting you know to to always be be, be decrying what's happening in society yes but that's why i think it's a a collective um thing that yeah. we all need to be involved in yeah. we don't have conversations by ourselves yeah. like you said earlier on yeah. so i think it will take time oh it, um, it, it, will. it will definitely take time because you know when because a lot of the time if if someone you know doesn't feel if someone if you if someone like let's say i'm sure there's a light-skinned girl who definitely who thinks beautiful because they're light-skinned and if you say to them well do you know that the reason why you think you're so beautiful because you're light-skinned is because of a b and c is because of this like history of colonialism and racism and and you know and problematic um um hegemonic beauty standards you know or whatever they'll be like what are you even talking about it's like an argument that i once had with someone about hair and because I, I years ago i wrote a paper called decolonizing black hair and i was telling them mm-hmm. that, like you know the fact that you know some people prefer straight hair to not so straight hair there's 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 a there's a there's a, there's a, there's a history there and they were like uh, it's like agency i'm like no, i'm not i'm not i'm not disputing that but saying that where that comes from where a certain aesthetic is valued over another it is historical you know and you know so i think understanding the history of things and having a con- it will allow us to have a constructive conversation and then we start to challenge them and then slow by slow we'll start to heal and look at ourselves in a different way and i think it's also getting better when i look at like I always have hope when I look at my younger cousin mm-hmm. and her friend group. Yeah. Um it seems like a, a new different era of girls. Yeah. So it's I think it's exciting. Yeah. So I think that's we could stop there. I think that's a really good point to uh, conclude at unless if you want to add something else. Um no, I think that you know on on my part um I think I've mentioned everything that that is was on my my talking points and i i'm i'm just thank you so much for 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 having me um to discuss this like thanks i really um enjoyed it and i think that next time i mean i, I wrote a, an article about this we can talk about the whole notion of um melanin magic um consider yes. people black people with albinism Ooh, okay that's that's a good one yeah yes yeah. so i think that's also a very important conversation to, to have blackness is a reality is a, is a, is a, is a, is an existence it's not only got to do with the color of our skin yes um, yes um it's like they say they want to be black but being black is different you know yes. what does it mean? what and i think that's a, and that oh, that will be a heavy question a, a very what does it mean to be black Mm. I think that's mm. another conversation that is worth having. Yes, no for sure in future I'm sure we will have the opportunity to do so. Yeah. 
um are you on social media can anyone find you anywhere yeah i'm i'm i am on social media um um on on um instagram it's underscore wounded resilience and then on twitter it's at kile miracle kile miracle cool thank you so much lebo um i'm sure our listeners have learned a lot from you and you've been super engaging thank you very much thank you very much nico thank you and that's our show this week um i really hope you enjoyed our conversation do leave a like share comment inbox me mail me get in touch also with lebu she also has her own podcast on spotify so do look out for her i'm going to leave links on the description for if for those who want to get to know her a little bit more um you can definitely click on those links and thanks again thank you so much for listening and to all the new listeners thank you as well for joining us in this journey and hopefully you'll be on this ride with us until 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 thank you until next time